All right. So, yeah, I'm. I have no interest in actually right now switching off of Punta Monte at all. Um, <laughs> I really like. It. I mean, it's stable. I mean, yeah. uh, it it's intuitive. I mean, it has great panel management. It's not. It's not quite as great as like KDE or something like that. It has all the options or yeah. whatever. It actually, you know, it's like it doesn't crash all the time. There are a few things that bother me. Like, all right, so if you use the yeah. default Gnome Two panel uh, layout, mm-hmm. where it has like the applications, places, system up at the top, and this module. Yeah, that's what I have right now. Right, you can't just move those icons like by dragging them, like you you'd think you would be able to. You actually yeah. have to right click on it and then hit move, and then you can move them around. So it's not quite as intuitive, yeah. you know, you'd expect it to be. But you know, once you figure that out, it's not too bad. Trying to figure yeah. out how to put a, a a panel on a second monitor really drove me batty for like a, a week. Yeah. Um. In order to do that, you have to right click on an existing panel, create a new panel. On the new panel, you have to click um like something like um don't expand a screen, so it just is kind of like a little panel. And then you can drag it, and then you got to re-expand mm-hmm. it. It's kind of on the other side. Yeah, it's not nearly as intuitive as you think it would be, but it's not. Yeah, it's nothing deal. I have not come across. That's the thing is usually in a Linux distro, I come across one thing that's a deal breaker for me. You know, it's it's yeah. a guarantee that I'm gonna that I'm gonna change because that's a deal breaker for me. Yeah. For like, yeah, I know it's the same thing for me. Like, um, even when I was reading about the new SRU for uh, Ubuntu. LTS. Oh, I was so tempted to go back. I don't know why I love it so much, but then I was like, "Oh fuck, this this thing is so nice." <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna do that. Yeah, like, there's it. small things, right? Like the fact that they separate the shutdown from like the lock and the log off. That like it's just a small thing to me, and I like to be able to search. Like, I know there are little things, if I took time, I could probably find out how to do it and stuff. Just like regular flavor Ubuntu for so long that I'm kind of used to it. So now I have to, like, relearn stuff. Yeah, the so if you're using the straight-up GNOME 2 panel out, like you say you are, um, that's one of the things that I miss, too, is being able to search through the menu. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't do that with that certain layout. Now, if you replace it with one of the different menu options, you can. Like they have, they have, yeah. they have four different menu options uh, for the panel. Yeah, I think they have the. I think you said they have the one that's like mutiny or something, and yeah, the, the mutiny like one really close. Yeah, it's like really close to um to 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 uh, Unity. Um, yeah. Um, but I don't use that because I don't, I don't care for Unity. Um, what I did instead is I've been using something called, Al, uh, Albert. Do you know, yeah. do you know Alfred on, on the Mac? Yeah. This Albert is, Al, is for, is the Albert. Uh, Alfred. <laughs> it's Alfred's Alfred. brother. <laughs> yeah, it is. They're, they're brothers. It, it's exactly the same, only it's more customizable. Um, yeah. And, and obviously it's free and open it's really good. And you can like you can yeah. have it like so, so I I use it as control space bar. You, I click that up, mm-hmm. and then a search bar comes up right in the middle of the screen, and you search wherever you want. You can set it to search Ooh, for um, files, uh, web. Uh, you, you can even even set up to do like um, instantaneous terminal commands. So if you want like uh, Ooh, nice, I like uh, that. 
reboot or um or make yeah. you know make directory or whatever you want to do, you can do it right from there. Macros. Um, yeah, it's great. I love it. Yeah. Obviously, because it's Linux, it's fucking free. I mean, they should charge for this shit. It's so good. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's stable too. I mean, it's, um, yeah, I, I haven't had it ever crash. The only thing you have to do is figure out how to get to start up um, when you start your computer up, so that it doesn't. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So it's actually yeah, yeah. there. Otherwise, you'll have to remember to start the program every time. Like a shell script or something. Yeah, I mean, um, Mate has a a a, a place where you can set up startup applications. Oh, but yeah, it's not yeah. nearly as in, it's not as intuitive yeah. as um other ones because it's done through commands instead of yeah. an actual like you go through and find this application and start it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to know the the package name. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I really like Ubuntu Mate. I don't think I'm gonna switch. I try. I've tried some different distros using Mate just to see if it was uh, the distro that I was liking or if it was the you know yeah. the, the, the desktop environment. I did not care yeah. for Manjaro Mate at all. Manjaro Mate is uh, very very buggy, um, yeah. and I don't know whether or not that's because it's a rolling release or what. I'm not quite sure. Um, and I'm right now I'm yeah, testing yeah. Linux Mint Mate, and you know. It's great, it's mm-hmm. stable and everything, but it, it seems like it's behind. It seems like it's behind Ubuntu Mate in terms of yeah everything else. So, I mean, like uh, Ubuntu Mate now in uh, seventeen ten has the the pan- different panel layouts like Mutiny, Cupertino, Redmond, things like yeah, that. Yeah. And it's and the way I like to change things. I mean, I like new layouts every once in a while, so I like to be able to do that. Um, now you can set those things up easily enough in like Linux, but you have to do it yourself, you know. So it's not yeah. there yourself. Um, yeah. And then I've had some problems with the the compositor in uh, Linux Mint for some reason, you know. It, so I have it on my Dell touchscreen laptop, mm-hmm. and if I want to be able to use the touchscreen as a regular touchscreen, you know, be able to scroll and pinch to zoom and everything like that, I have to use a certain compositor. Um, but if I use Hello? What is that? <laughs> All right. did, you run over, did you get run over by a truck there, Ricky? <laughs> okay, is it good? Yeah, it's is better, it better now. now? Okay. Yeah, it's better now. I don't know what um, what that sound was. It sounded like you <laughs> ran out in the middle of the highway. Um, okay. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, don't, it's better. don't mess with... You sound you Linux while you're doing a podcast. You sound a lot better now. You sound like you're closer. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> just don't move your laptop again. It sounds like you're dragging. Maybe you're dragging it against your jeans. Or something. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't really remember what I was talking about now. Totally went. Um, uh, mint, mint mate. Oh, right, the compositor. Right. So if I want to use behind. Right, if I want to use the touchscreen as a touchscreen, I have to use a certain compositor. But if I use that yeah. compositor, um, the screen tearing is terrible. Um, mm. So if I switch to another compositor uh, or, or window manager um, where, you, you know, it doesn't screen tear, then the, the touchscreen doesn't work. It just, you know, I mean, yeah. you can still touch it when the, the, and the, um, the, the cursor or whatever, go, you know, will move, but it won't, like, scroll or pinch to zoom or anything like that. So that's it's really disappointing. But it worked fine on Ubuntu, um, which yeah. is really weird. See, it's funny. You just reminded me that um, the laptop that I have is touchscreen. And because I almost forgot about it, because uh, on 
uh, regular Ubuntu, like it would never work with the mouse and the trackpad. It w I would always get one. So the trackpad never worked, um, which we'll actually talk about because it was a whole um, it was a whole X org thing. Um, the mouse always worked, but then for some reason it would stop working. And the only way I could ever do anything is I'd have to use touch to reboot. So it's funny because you mentioned that and I was like, oh yeah, shit, I have touch. Let me see if it works on this thing. And now it works. And that, so that was in a, that was in regular straight up Ubuntu? Regular, regular Ubuntu. Yeah, you should definitely stay away from Ubuntu, regular state of Ubuntu, Ricky. It doesn't I know, like but it. for some reason it like it draws me. Because well, I was reading the stuff you have, and I was like, "Oh shit!" There's like a service release update coming. Yeah, hmm, sure. maybe I should put it back on. Like, no, don't do like, that, Ricky. Oh. Don't go to the like, dark side. That. <laughs> I, you know the the thing that's the thing about Unity, though, because I mean. The thing that made Ubuntu, uh, you know, stand out from everything else is Unity, right? And it, because yeah. Unity doesn't look like any other desktop operating system. I mean, you can make KDE look like that. You can make, you know, um, you you can obviously you can make Mate look like that. Um, yeah. But I mean, pretty much all the rest of them have this straight up kind of Windows esque layout. I mean, to yeah. start off with, and you know, right out of the box. I mean, Cinnamon has a yeah. has has a a window, a panel layout like Windows. Uh, uh, Budgie has a window layout like pan, like Windows. Um, KDE has a layout, you know, a panel layout like Windows. Um, that's why U Unity, that doesn't look anything like Windows, was so great, and that's why it was kind of shocking to all of us that they decided to get rid of it. Um, but we'll, so the, the thing, so let's go ahead and jump into the news. Um, yeah. We, um, the first is, as Ricky said, there is a big SRU coming for the Unity desktop on on sixteen oh four LTS. Um, and the thing is, this kind of exploded out into the the internet, you know, in early December. Yeah. Um, and people were kind of like, "Oh my God, Canonical's updating Unit Unity!" Like, I don't know why people are <laughs> surprising. Sixteen oh four is a long term support release. Of course, they're going to support an LTS until the end of the the end of yeah. end of support. So, I mean, of course they're going to yeah. send out, I mean, this is not going to be the last SRU for 1604 because 1604 yeah. is supported until 2020, I think. Um, so, I mean, it's going to, I mean, so this is not, it's not big news like it's been treated on the, on the internet. So, um, yeah. but I think, I think it is, uh, and because we also know that Unity itself is going to be broken off into a community supported uh, desktop environment. So you'll be able to go actually go through into uh, the repositories and install Unity on, on, you know, you know, whether it's a boot, regular Ubuntu now that it's using GNOME or if you wanted to install it on, say, like Budgie. And I think you'd probably want to stick with the regular GTK based distro, distros if you're going to, um, running this alongside another uh, desktop environment because running yeah. it along Qt would be a problem. But I mean, we know that's going to end up happening. Um, <laughs> so what, what I think is interesting, the most notable parts about the, this SRU is, is it's their, um, they're fixing several bugs in Compass, Nux, and, and in Unity itself. Um, yeah. they're also bringing in some bug fixes for the themes. So those are the, the big, uh, bug fixes that they're coming in. Um, 
now Compass is the compositor that controls the Windows, the window manager. Um, and it's, it's what prevents it from screen tearing. <laughs> uh, yeah. What you'll experience pretty much on every other distro if you're running any kind of graphics card whatsoever, which is weird. Cause you know, I always thought that the screen tearing, that problems that I was having initially in KDE were related to me running a distro or a, an NVIDIA graphics card. But it happens yeah. on my laptop, which has an in- integrated Intel graphics card, and they're n- completely different. So it's it's really weird. I think that's probably the number one thing that I have problems with Linux. I mean, Ricky, you have your own problems with Linux. Yeah. And we named those problems Ubuntu. Uh, yeah. Well, but, I, like, that's the thing why when I was reading it, um, I was like, oh, I, sh- I should maybe try it again. Because I guess because I'm so familiar after using it for so long. And the thing was, I think a lot of my problems stemmed from the whole, like, um, sort of graphical interface. Because I had, like, my screen was, like, constantly flickering, like, Mm -hmm. 24-7. And I told you about the touchscreen aspect that was an issue, um... Just my fans were on 24-7, um, which could, again, be from the video card. Um, so I was like, hmm, maybe this will fix some of the problems I had. Um, you know, with it being LTS, you know, it's going to take a while to come out. So some people have been freaking about, uh, freaking out about that. But, I mean, like, it's long-term support, right? Like, you know, this is... People expect it to be rock-ass stable. Mm-hmm. I won't even go into that because mine wasn't even close. But but anyways, um, but yeah, in the end, I was just kind of like, no, what I have is, oh, this is like so great. I'm not going to even chance it. Yeah. All right. So um, obviously, like I said, I don't think that it's it's that big of a news as the way it was treated. But yeah. um, the SRU, I Believe um what I'm sorry I didn't look and see when this was coming out when is, is the SCR are you already said out? it's going to be close to Christmas it's I think Christmas they time. said it was already in the uh, in the repo but it just well I mean at the time of when that story was put out it wasn't out yet um so they were saying it should be out soon though because I mean it's for uh, LTS release. So they're doing more testing than they would usually do because, like I said, when they release it, it's got to be rock solid. There can't be any surprises. So um, I think they were looking at a time frame around Christmas, so it should be out soon. Yeah, it should. It it may even be out now because it says it it was a week from when this article was posted. Yeah. Um, All right, so anytime between maybe even now or between now and Christmas. Um, yeah, so you just put it out right on Christmas Day. <laughs> Be like, Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. You know, th- there's a lot. Th- <laughs> th- that's the thing is, like, um, with uh, like with Windows, you don't expect to see an update, you know, anywhere close to Christmas because everybody at Microsoft goes home for the holidays, right? Yeah. Um, but with uh, with Linux, you can get updates whenever the hell you, whenever the hell somebody works on it. So, yeah. um, so I'm gonna go ahead and skip the 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 malware. From Android, because um, why? Now that, I thought that was so good. Well, yeah, because you like you don't like Android users to be you know, <laughs> off the keyboard. Um, <laughs> okay, well, no, I, but you know what? I think I think we should talk about it because 
maybe someone listening will actually get the hint of how to treat these things. Well, right, I mean, so, some people are falling for it. All right, so not, you know. this is a, an email phishing scam that instead of targeting your computer, targets your Android phone. It's called Marcher. Um, basically, it's the the from what I've uh, just did from, from reading this article is is basically you open up an email, it sends you a link or whatever it's supposed to be from your bank, um, and this is specifically. Um, it's a, it's like a Trojan horse, right? So, um, yeah. and Android is Linux. It has, it runs yeah. a Linux kernel, even though it's, uh, an older Linux kernel. Yeah. Um, and, 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 yeah. and while almost every phone you get is locked to Google's firmware, um, it can still be infected by, uh, you know, malware and, and viruses and things like that. Um, and, it, and it's actually yeah. much more targeted for that kind of stuff than regular Linux because there's obviously a lot more Android phones out there than there are, you know, Linux desktop users. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's still the basically the old Telltale, um, you know, not, to, or it's the it's the telling your people not to open up email, you know, fr- yeah, from exactly. anybody, right? Yeah. If you get an email... And it asks you to click a link. Number one, you can hover over the link. Don't click it. Hover for a couple minutes and you'll see the actual where the link is going. So if it says your bank is whatever, Bank of America. But that doesn't bank work of, on Android. You know, How do you hover over anything on Android? On Android, okay, I get it. If you get a link on your phone in that case, don't click on it. Remember, you can always call your bank and talk to an actual live person. I don't get why so many people fall for phishing scams and like my mother-in-law. How often do you get right? something? I mean, that's the problem, is Ricky. How often do you get something from your bank that's important enough to you know go into? I mean, yeah, for me, never. You, I, like, I it mean, doesn't matter if I never, yeah, never get like, anything from your bank. So if you autom- all of a sudden get something from your bank, you should automatically be subsisted because yeah, you exactly. don't. I mean, banks deliberately don't send out uh, information through email like that because they they're worried about these phishing. or text message. Right. I mean, it's it's not it's not the way they do things. If they're gonna yeah. if they need to contact you, most banks are gonna do it through the postal service. Oh, yeah, you know? or call you. Oh, yeah, the old, right. I mean, even over here with Bitcoin, this year we've had some scams where people got text messages saying they're from the revenue agency and you have a refund in Bitcoin or refund through e-transfer. Number one, the revenue agency ain't going to give you Bitcoin. All right. Number two, if you got a refund, they're not going to do it through e-transfer. Like, I, I... Feel to see how people are so like stupid. Yeah, like it, it is hard like, to understand. Come on, but the, the the thing is, though, Ricky, and we have to remember this is that older people don't know as much as we do in terms of this technology <laughs> stuff. I, I, yeah. I, I know something simple as you know, don't click a link or whatever. You know, it makes sense to us, but it doesn't make sense to people who who haven't been using computers since they were five years old or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, it's just not. I mean, like, yeah. um. Like I mean, my mom. Which is why I thought it was a good idea for us to actually talk about this, because yeah, who knows who's listening? 
Yeah, who knows? Uh, all right, so let's move on to our last news item, which is um, oh, this thing about AT and T, um, right? Was it AT and T? I thought it was the Wayland thing. No, the next one is the the last the last news item is the the AT and T the and uh, Tech Mahindra launch uh, the Acumos project. Um, did you read about this, Ricky? Basically, AT and T um, and another group yeah. are getting together with the, the Linux Foundation um, yeah. to uh, standardize a new development environment um, surrounding um, AI, um, which is oh using, yeah 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 okay. which is using Linux. Yeah. Right? So that's why it's so so it's um, yeah. so interesting. Um, and yeah. the thing is, is that AT and T has actually farmed this out to like the Linux Foundation and this other group. Um, and allowed them to do all the work, and then AT&T will most likely take some of the, the open source stuff that they eventually spew out yeah, and, put um, and, and make their own software and stuff in the, in the, in the, in the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that, that I think one of the things that we're really going to see, and, and that's why I, I kind of include this article, was is that not only are we going to see a lot of a, I, a lot of the stuff that we're going to see in AI and the, the Internet of Things um, in, in, the, in the next... Ten years or so is all going to be based on Linux. Yeah. I mean, like uh, this week, Amazon released a camera that's running Ubuntu <laughs> um, for their AWS software. Oh and, no way! Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, so basically the, the, the camera's running Ubuntu, right? And, and then it hooks yeah. up to their AWS software and on, in the cloud or whatever, and then it yeah. it, it can like um, it uses uh, algorithms or whatever to spot things like it, like say you. Um, you know, it, it can tell when a certain person comes home, and it can turns on turn on the light oh, in their room or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that they want to have yeah. developed around this camera, which is really interesting. And I yeah. think that's um this this AI stuff that they're talking about in this AT and T and uh, the Linux Foundation collaboration thing is um I mean we're gonna see a lot of stuff like that, and it's all gonna be running Linux. I think. Yeah. I mean, whereas we whereas the Linux desktop has never really taken off. I mean. Li- it's very much a niche thing for people who yeah, really hate Windows or are nerds like us who just want to, you know, put her around with 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 Linux. Um, yeah. But that's not going to be the case with these these um, little small devices and in AI and stuff like that. It's, that's all going to be Linux because Windows isn't there. Um, you know, Windows yeah. is big server Plus, hardware. Windows might even jump with with Linux because th- then they make um, they did, but they they included support or whatever. Yeah, it's the it has they're allowing um, the Linux kernel or whatever yeah, in Windows. Yeah, yeah. Um, see, when I first read that story about um, Windows including Linux, I thought, well, like, oh great, I'm going to be able to download. Regular trade Ubuntu from the Windows Store, like install that. It's gonna be great. Um, but no, you just get a, you just get the kernel. It's really sad. Um, and it's really confusing because you're gonna have stupid asses like me thinking, well, I can go download Linux Mint from the, win- the Windows Store and install it. Just like you know, you could. I mean, no more burning a, a, a USB key and having to deal with UEFI yeah. and all this stuff. Windows is just yeah. gonna do it for me. How nice of Microsoft. No, that's yeah, not right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how naive could I get? All right, let's uh let's move into our main topics of the week because we're we're running a little bit behind. All right, so we might not get to the which would you rather cover, Ricky? Things we missed from mm-hmm. Windows or the Wayland Wayland and things we missed from Windows. All right, let's start with that. So, okay. um, the thing I missed from Windows the most 
is Outlook. <laughs> okay. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe a month ago, remember me going on and on about MailSpring? Yep, yep. Um, I still love that program. It really is, but it's just not stable enough for me to use it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's still an initial development. It's basically a beta. Um, so I'm, I'm really hoping that, you know, in the next year or so or whatever, they don't abandon the project and, it, you know, gets more, more and more stable. Um, so I, so I had to stop using MailSpring regrettably because I mean, MailSpring would have kind of cured my whole, uh, dependence, my whole depression over missing a good email client on, on yeah. my operating system. Um, so I'm right now I'm back to evolution and evolution is kind of terrible. Um, but that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing is that there's not a good email client on Linux. There's just not. Yeah. Um, I, I know we talk about Thunderbird, but Thunderbird, Thunderbird stock, Thunderbird oh, is terrible. Yeah. Unless you go through and download like 10 or 12 extensions or whatever and actually make it usable. <clears throat> like it, it won't even download your your Gmail address book yeah. unless you go through and get a... Oh, a, a, I'm right a, with you on that one. I mean, that's, 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 I mean, every email program ever, if you're using Gmail, I mean, it should be smart enough to know, if you're using Gmail, go through and grab my contacts, because I don't know what the hell your email is, Ricky. I don't even know what my fucking email address is. How am I supposed to remember? That's why I have an address book, Thunderbird. Um, Evolution um, would be perfectly fine, except for it doesn't maintain a stable connection to the server. So every, like, um, like, I don't know maybe eight and a half hours or so, like it, it will pop up a warning saying we're not connected to the Gmail servers. And yeah. then you have to re-enter your password and re-authenticate. And then oh, Google yeah. gets you. Be- and wow. then because that thing, Google gets you because you've signed in so many times and tells you you've, you've burned up against an API error. Um, yeah. I go, thank Cause that's really, I really, really want to want to do. Thank you a lot. Google. Thank you a lot. Evolution. Um, Gary, is okay, but it's very not for me. Gary was shit when I tried it. It's very limited in functionality, right? Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't have all the you know fancy settings or whatever. I mean, it's just, I mean, and, and then there's a whole bunch of like um, little email clients or whatever that look like they were designed for Windows ninety eight. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I know designs that shouldn't matter. It should be functionality that matters to me. But um, I want. I want an email client that looks fairly decent or you modern and also has, you know, functionality that actually works. And that's why I like MailSpring, but like I said, it's, it's buggy. So that's the yeah. biggest thing I miss from Windows is a, is, is an email client. And whether it's an Outlook or, you know, the, the EM or whatever I was using, um, you know, there's, I mean, there's just, I mean, there's literally a shitload of, um, of email clients for Windows and they just, none of them have filtered down into Linux. It's really, really, really disappointing. Um, that's yeah. what I miss the most. I miss it on Android too. I mean, the same thing with Android is there's not very many good email clients for Android, whereas iOS there's just shitload of them. I mean, yeah. literally, I mean, there's so many for for iOS that are really really good and don't have any problems, but on Android, I haven't been able to find a single one that doesn't that does everything I wanted to do. The only one that I've come close there's two that I've come close to. The one I'm using now is Astro on Android, um, and that's fine except for it has a bug where it won't send me notifications for one specific sender. The yeah. one, the one sender I get the most emails from, that it doesn't notify me about. It's a, it notifies me about everything else. It's real. It's a really weird. But they've had really good support. The other one that um, w- w- was was good was Norton email, which is also on iPhone. Yeah. Um, it's really good, but they charge fifty dollars a year. I'm mm. not paying fifty dollars a year for for an email client. Or email very yeah. much. Um, yeah, I would pay. Sense. I'd pay five dollars a year. I might even pay ten dollars a year. Um, ten dollars would be my absolute max. 
that. But fifty dollars a year is way too much. I just I I, I don't care that much. But you know, I, I'll, I'll suffer yeah, through with a, an you know, a free email client before I pay ever pay that much money. All yeah. right, so Ricky, w- one thing that you miss from Windows. Uh, the one thing I miss from Windows um, is the ease to install software. Um, and we talked about that when we went through <clears throat> on Linux. The problem with Linux is when you go in and you're looking for a piece of software and you go into the forums and someone suggests to use this one, so you follow the link, but, you know, that was a post from like three years ago, so... You know, you don't know if this is the most up-to-date version. Does this PPA still work? You you know what I mean? Like, with Windows, <clears throat> most of the time you can even just search for it on the web and it'll come up and you go to the site and, um, you know, it shows you the versions. It shows you the versions of Windows that it'll work with. The last time it was updated. So that's what I miss the most. It's just, it's so easy that, you know, it could take me a minute if I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, I need a piece of software to record the screen. You know what I mean? Like Linux, I've got to search to see what are the different ones and where can I get them? Does this one still work? Oh, this one's really old or, you know, it's in like... uh uh, RPM package or Debian package or, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, that's what I miss the most. Yeah, I'm really, and I think that the biggest problem with, uh, with, with Linux in terms, in terms of software is that it's so, uh, diverse in terms of, of distros and desktop environments. So like, um, so even, even Mate, let's just take Mate across the board. Yeah. Um, even Mate has different, Software management GUIs. So, like in Ubuntu Mate, you have the new software boutique. Um, yeah. Which, by the way, would be great, except for the the, the software <clears> boutique <throat> doesn't have very much in it. <laughs> um, it's a very empty boutique. <laughs> um, and you can you can you can fix that by adding PPAs, and and then it will include different software sources. So, I mean, it's fixable, and I think that over time, that that GUI will eventually be good. But that's just on Ubuntu Mate. If you use like Manjaro Mate or on Linux Mint Mate, they're completely different GUIs. So like, um, I know I haven't been using Linux Mint, Mint uh, Mate for very long, um, but it uses the GNOME Software Center basically, um, or or some version of the GNOME Software Center, or, you know, a spinoff or something like that. It's completely different than the Software Boutique. Um, and the GNOME Software Center is per- again, it's perfectly fine. It's just not everything is there. Um, yeah. If you use Arch, you, um, the best package management I've, I've ever seen is Arch through the AUR. That's because literally everything is in the freaking AUR. If it's not in the <laughs> AUR, chances are you can't run it. Yeah. Um, it just won't work. So, and that, and that's the thing is everything is in the AUR. That's why I always liked Arch so much. It's because you don't have to go out and search for a PPA. You don't have to go out and search for the dev package. It's just there. You click install, enter your password, it's installed. I mean, yeah. it's literally, I mean, it's literally there. The, of course, Arch has other problems in terms of being a rolling release and, um, crashing all the time because you're running on the bleeding edge of everything. Um, yeah. So really what I want, what, I mean, that, that's why, I mean, Manjaro would be the perfect solution for that because they kind of delayed the rolling release. They go through and they test things before they rolling it out a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
Manjaro has a, a whole other a whole other problems. Um, so yeah, um, the whole I mean that that's the really the biggest problem with um with uh with with Linux in terms of software. Um, so one one thing more thing I want is I installed my first flat pack. Ooh. Uh, this past week, um, I wanted to install a Twitter client called Corbird. I mean, I think everybody's pretty much heard of Corbird. Um, and apparently now they've gone through, they've gone through and just use, they're just using FlatHub completely. I, I don't know. I didn't really search for anything down there. Cause like, oh, I get to try FlatHub. Um, first of all, it was astonishingly slow. I mean, it was like really slow. It took like 20 minutes to install, download, install a flat, the, the, after I went through and installed Flatpak and, um, to get to the actual Flatpak functionality because Ubuntu doesn't support Flatpak out of the box. It supports snaps. Yeah. Um, but you can still, still use Flatpak. So I installed Flatpak and I didn't know that you have to log out and log back in in order to Flatpak to be initiated. Um, which first of all, Windows alert. Nobody wants to have to shut down their computer to install software. <laughs> I mean, it's just seriously, it's the reason why Windows sucks is because every time iTunes has an update, you have to fucking reboot. Yeah. Um, stupid. And you, that's the reason why we like Linux. We don't want to see that. And I understand that it's only a one-time thing, um, but that shouldn't be a necessity. But after I, you know, figured that out or whatever, I went through and installed the, the flat pack for Corbird, and it literally took 20 minutes. I mean, it was, I mean, wow. it was, I mean, it's not, it wasn't, my internet wasn't running slow. Everything else was working yeah. fine. It just, for some reason, downloading that from FlatHub was, you know, just really astonishingly slow. I mean, like, like, I mean, the idea behind FlatHub and Snaps or whatever, where we, we can have this one place where software lives for every Linux distro is awesome. I mean, that's literally yeah. Linux stream. And it doesn't matter, even if both of these things work, just to have two different places, it doesn't matter which one you use, maybe you use both. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. really awesome. But the problem is it's just not there yet. Is not there, yeah. um, and, and and it's slow. Yeah, and especially if everyone's gonna be hammering it, because if you if you say you're the central repository, <laughs> then that means instead of looking to other places, everyone's gonna come to you. So then you should know, yeah, and make sure you're able to handle the traffic. Right, I mean it's just it's not there, yet. and as slow as Linux moves in terms of development. I mean, really, truly. I mean, it, obviously, Linux moves a lot faster now than it used to. But I mean, still, in terms of you know, you know, innovation and, and development and stuff like that, it's it's quite a bit slower than Windows. It's just because there's yeah. fewer people doing it. Um, you know, so I mean, I'm a little worried that the pace of improvement for FlatHub and Snaps is just not going to keep up with the people who keep really up. want this to work. You know what I mean? All right, so yeah. Um, let's go through and see if we can do one more, then we'll we'll move to the pet trick. So, uh, All right. um. One thing, another, my last thing that I miss from Windows the most is going to be another software thing. And I, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm preaching this. And you, you know, I think you'd, you'd think that I would like mention games, right? Cause I miss, I, you know, like, like I miss playing Hearthstone. I can't play Hearthstone on Linux, but I don't, <laughs> I don't really, I don't really miss it. The thing I miss most actually is, uh, uh, like, t- I mean, this is going to sound really stupid because it kind of goes along with the, the email thing. Um, but there's not a good to-do app on, uh, on Oh, uh, okay. Um, so I like to, I, I use Todoist. Um, and Todoist is everywhere, um, in terms of applications, except for on Linux. There's no, there's yeah. no Todoist app on Linux. Now you can use the Google Chrome extension. Um, 
but it's terrible. It's god awful. It's literally like a five year old decided that they're going to code something and and put it in the Google Chrome App Store. Whatever. I mean, it's just it's not the same. Um, yeah. Now I, I I downloaded one called Everdo. I haven't had a chance to use it yet. But again, that's gonna sandbox my to do list in on on my Linux box. Um, and I like having it being able to sync to my phone and sync to my laptop and stuff like that. And yeah. I just don't, I don't think that it has that the whole kind of. Right. I want to have my to-do list with behind me. the <laughs> Yeah. So for some reason, I mean, when you learn to code, chances are one of the first things you're going to learn to code, probably if you're going to, if you're going to be coding apps, it's probably a to-do list because it's like the easiest thing to, to learn to code. I mean, yeah. it's, it's very, it, I mean, it doesn't matter what language you're, you're you're learning it. And I mean, other than hello world, once you get into complex <laughs> applications, you know, you're gonna you're probably gonna do a to do list. I mean that's why there's so many freaking to do lists on Windows, is because yeah. that's the first to do that's the first thing you learn to do, um is a to do list. I mean it's it's I mean like I have a I have a c I have a coding book book right here. Once you get past the you know the initial stages of learning your your, your language or whatever that's what you're gonna do. I mean, and for some reason yeah. that hasn't translated to there being a lot of good to-do lists on Linux. Um, yeah, it's really weird. And it's really, really weird. Plus, then you have to deal with the whole uh, cute versus GTK thing. A lot of the mm. times on these applications, and this just isn't to-do list. A lot of the times, um, you find a really good application or whatever, and it's cute only, or yeah, it, it works best in you know Qt. Um, yeah. Or the other way around, if you're using KDE and you, you like you want to use, say, Evolution as your email client, that's a GTK-based application, and it doesn't work with KDE, not very well, because you have to download a whole bunch of GTK dependencies, in which case you've bogged your system down with GTK for this one application, and it's yeah. really terrible. Um, it, it's the whole, uh, you know, the, the, it, it's just, I mean, there's so many different things in Linux that just sometimes don't work very well together. All right, so Ricky, yeah. your, your last one. My last one is um, support. So, like, I mean, if you look at something like the iPhone, um, you know, the iPhone is everywhere. Everyone has an iPhone. Try to connect an iPhone to a Linux machine. It is not fun to try and get those those files off. Um, when I was right, though. <laughs> Is it works for Android, though. Oh, of course it does. <laughs> but I mean, it's not even—it's not even only that. But you know, again, um, oh, what was it? There was something else I connected the other day, and it was the same problem. Um, so I mean, you know, like I connected it. I connected mine while I had straight Ubuntu, and for some reason, like it would come up and it would ask you if you wanted to open the. Shotwell manager, I think, or something like that. Um, and if you chose to just open the regular directory, you get an empty window. And you open the Shotwell manager, and it says it's importing, but then nothing ever does. So then when I reloaded with Ubuntu, Ubuntu Mate, I thought, okay, let me try. Plugged it in straight out the bat without loading anything. It worked great the first time. Uh, second time, it went back to the same sort of thing where it wouldn't see, it opened an empty um, uh, folder, Shotwell Manager doesn't work. So it's just like that kind of thing is like, you know, if it's not only 
Android users who are going to be using Linux. So you're going to run into people who have an iPhone, and it's going to be a horrible ass exper- uh, experience for them. Yeah. So like with that, you know, Windows just it accepts everyone right out of the box. So it's like, yeah, you know, come one ye all. You got a scanner from 1930. Sure, plug it in. <laughs> Apple and Microsoft have to work together. You know, to get their stuff working like that. And app, so Apple knows that they have to have their devices working on Windows because so many people use Windows. I mean, they're not going to worry about Linux because there's just not enough people. All right, so let's move on. Because yeah. I know you got to get back to work. So, um, so my pick of the week is called Peak. Yeah. Um, now Peak is freaking amazing. Um, oh, I think. Sorry, trying to stifle cough. Anyways, um, Pick is basically will record a section of your screen as a GIF or a movie or um or an, uh, uh, I think there's a third format. But but I I specifically use it for a GIF, and there doesn't seem to be yeah. a, a a a limit on the the length of the GIF. So you can go through and like you could record a whole YouTube video as a GIF. Um, yeah. And then you know it just saves it. <clears throat> You can post it as a, you know, on Facebook or whatever. Um, and it's great. It's, it just basically, it, it hovers over your screen and you hit record and it records whatever it's hovering over. It's fantastic. It works. It's free. Um, I use it. I mean, I'm going to be using it for some tutorials on the linuxcast.com. Um, and actually I already did. I, I reviewed Ubuntu Mate on there on the linux.com. Yeah. I used peak to record those GIFs on there. Um, it's really great. Um, so that's my that's my pick. Um, oh, I, I wanted to mention uh, another one real quick. Um, yep. Is um, it's called Audio Recorder. Um, now, not it's, it's not the most uh, unique name ever. <laughs> it's just called Audio Recorder. But the thing is, it record literally any audio that comes out of your system. So I've been doing this. I've been a very, 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 very naughty boy, um, and I've been recording Spotify. <laughs> 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 if there's if there's not a, a, a an MP3 or a song that I have, I'll go to, to Spotify. I'll play it and use audio recorder record. <laughs> now they're gonna get shut down. <laughs> that thing. Oh, it's not just for Spotify. I mean, it'll literally record anything. So I mean, it's not as if they're go, they're pointing them users towards. I mean, it literally record it records you know coming from your sound card or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, it's like, where has this thing been all my life? This is why Linux is awesome, because that would never make it onto Windows. Um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's there, but it'd be janky. You know, you'd have to download drivers yeah. or uh, some kind of workaround, you know, bridge or something to get it to work. I mean, yeah. on, on Linux, it works. It's awesome. All right, Ricky, yours. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go through uh, these pretty fast, because I wanted to get to my complaint section. Um, so the first one is called Etcher, E-T-C-H-E-R. Um, I got that from Matt when he gave me the uh, instructions to um, to download and, and get uh, Ubuntu Mate on a USB. It's wicked because in the past when I've tried to put Linux on USB, I've had to do different ways. This was the easiest. I did it on my Mac, so it runs from the Mac. Boom, Etcher. Uh, Encrypt Me is a VPN. I use it because what's great about it is if you're Mac-centric, then it works on iPhone, iPad, and Mac. Um, they don't have any other clients, but if you are Mac-centric, like I said, 
account. You can load it on all those things. If you don't know why you need a VPN and you frequent lots of free hotspots at McDonald's and Starbucks and whatever, look up VPN, you'll figure it out. So the main thing I wanted to talk about is my complaint of Windows 10. In Windows 10, when you set up a machine, you join it to a domain, why the fuck does the domain admin not have powers to do simple things as change the desktop icons? Like, it is ridiculous that I get, uh, like, System32 error, I don't have permission. Um, I found this uh, site that has some um, group policy changes that you can make to get around it. But, I mean, right out of the box, that's ridiculous. Um, it's not a function of your uh, domain admin being called administrator, because where I work, that's not the name. But our user is a member of the domain administrators group. So that has nothing to do with it. That I get that you could say it's because of malware or something very common is for them to compromise the administrator account using password default. That's not the case. So what the hell's going on here, Microsoft? Windows 10 is supposed to be the greatest Windows version ever, but it fucks up on something as simple as that. Another thing, when you go in as an admin, you can't open Edge. Like, what the fuck? The admin's supposed to have all the power. Why can you not open Edge? You see, you can't open any browser. How are you supposed to set shit up on the computer? Come on, that's really, I'll fix that's your stuff. Huh? That's really weird. That's yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's really it's ridiculous. You just switch to Linux, like your whole company switch to Linux. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that one. <laughs> you know, you know, all your admins have pseudo and run into groups and stuff. It'd be great. I mean, it's literally user games are all in Linux. It's right baked in. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, I mean, you won't be able to use half the software you use, but who cares? Who needs to do? Who needs that software? <laughs> who needs to do work? work. <laughs> That's all the clients. Just pay me to use Linux. <laughs> Google Chrome is on there. That's all you need is Google Chrome. Firefox <laughs> awesome. All right. Anyways, so that is it for us this week. This is our last episode of the year. Seventeen is in the books. We just spanked it on the ass. Yep. Uh, Happy holidays, so Ruth is life. Yeah. Whatever. All that stuff. If you want to contact with us, I'm MTWB on Twitter. Also MTWB on Mastodon, um, which I've never actually logged into since I set that account. Uh, but I'm there if you want to follow me. Um, Ricky is Ricky underscore Williams. He's not on Mastodon because he's an utter bastard. Um, well, I'm trying to get friends going. Yeah. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook at the Linux Cast. You can follow us on YouTube um, at some ungodly, crazy um, URL. <laughs> um, well, you can't have a, a cosmetic or whatever the hell they call it URL with your name. A certain amount of followers. Yeah, we're not there yet. Um, mainly because I, you know, I switched uh, to our own dedicated YouTube channel, offer my own personal one. Um, my own personal one was getting close. Um, yeah, we'll get there eventually because we we, we actually are getting views on YouTube, which is freaking crazy. Oh, that's uh, cool. 
Yeah. Um, we're, um, anyways, I don't want to get any, any anymore. Um, you can also, uh, you know, so I did Facebook. I did Twitter. Um, you can also visit the LinuxCast.com. The LinuxCast.com is where we put the podcast. It's also where uh, I, every once in a while I write an article about some things that's bothering me or a review or something. Ricky's going to eventually write there if he um, yep. gets around to it. Um, so it's that's oh, where we the new year. Yeah, yeah, for the new year, Ricky's going to write once a week. That's his New Year's resolution. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> How do I have a feeling that this New Year's resolution, Ricky, has already been? Uh, <laughs> well, it has to be the New Year for it to come into effect. So. Uh, all right, we'll see. All right, anyway, so that is it for us. This 2017 finale episode will be back sometime in the New Year. We'll see you then. All right. <laughs>